2: Oh boy, this could be a fun one. My internet just went out, so I'm on my phone. Haven't done this in a while. I have no access to any information, but we will—we'll uh, <laughs> get through it. Um, <laughs> welcome to the stochastic NHL strategy show, sponsored by BetMGM. I am your host, Josh Harris. Joining me as always on a much better screen and with more clarity, Michael Clifford. How are we doing today?
1: Uh, not doing too bad. Um... I hear somebody had a pretty good night last night. I was way out of the cash thanks to the Rangers, but I heard you did pretty well.
2: Yeah. So I power play stacked the Oilers without Barry. I used Nurse instead. Um, I fell asleep when the game was 1 1. I was like, I don't have Sorokin. Oilers aren't doing anything. Might as well try to get some rest. For some reason, I woke up at like 12 15. And I checked, and I was winning the the two twenty two. Oilers finished well. I had Zegras and um, Terry, and they ended up doing well. I ended up losing at the end to a Sergachev assist and Shattenkirk shot. I lost by point four, but still, uh, twenty x my buy-ins. Those are those are the nights that you look for with a one lineup, and I enjoyed it. I'm really tired today, though. I, I, I'm i old, and I can't handle not sleeping too much anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we're the opposite today. I actually got a real good night's sleep. But, uh, yeah, congrats to you. Uh, great lineup, great night. Um, yeah, those are the kind of nights, like, you do that a couple times in the course of a season, and you're going to have a pretty good year when you go uh, single entry. So, good on you, but uh, massive. Uh, Ten gamer ahead of us here tonight to look forward to. So hopefully you can do it again.
2: Yeah, it's it would be nice. Uh, it's going to be a little harder breaking this down without internet or screens in front of me. But uh, yeah, this slate is 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 pretty interesting. There's a lot of news. Marshan's back. There's some heavy ownership on a couple teams that we'll talk about. <sighs> Not sure how I'm gonna get through this one because I don't know if the games. Maybe you yeah. might have. To yeah, we'll, yeah. Fun. No, I'll,
1: it, I'll. I can lead it off because I got our. Uh, I got our old run sheet here uh, ahead of us. Be sure uh, to give us that thumbs up, click the like, and subscribe uh, if you haven't already. It definitely does help us uh, here, uh, not only for this channel, uh, but over at Odd Shopper Channel, and it helps all our shows. Uh, the more viewers and the more likes and the more subscriptions we get, the more shows uh, we can bring. Uh, your way. First game, Josh, uh, Detroit 2.7 at Boston. uh, 2.7 implied goal total, that is, at Boston. Boston has a 3.8 total, as you mentioned. Um, Brad Marchand is uh, back for Boston. He's going to be in the lineup tonight on the top line with Patrice Bergeron, with Jake DeBrusque. They're leaving the second line as is, so Hall, Krejci, Pasternak, and they're moving Pavel Zaka down to the third line. This is earlier than was anticipated. Um, The the timeline that was given (laughs) basically uh, right up until today was they were hoping to have him back by American Thanksgiving. So maybe a month from now or something like that for anybody unfamiliar, he uh, went underwent double hip surgery in the off season. Um, That is you know, not all hip surgeries are equal. We, we have seen players come back from hip surgeries and be very good right away. We've also seen players uh, need hip surgery, and it's it take, took them, like, literally a couple years to really find their form. I think the most recent one, most prominent recent one anyway, is Tyler Sagan uh, in Dallas. He had a bad couple seasons, uh, the COVID-shortened season and plus last year. Um Looks more himself uh, this year, though, not quite back to where he was five, six years ago. And Pecorine, the now retired goalie for Nashville, he had a hip surgery, had a couple real bad seasons coming back and then found form late in his career. So um, there are players that can come back and do well right away. There are players where it takes, you know, uh, a few weeks, a month to get some uh, footing under them, there are players where it takes a couple years. We just don't know how Marshan's going to react uh, to returning. Um, if he's back, you know, close to himself, close to what we'd uh, what we've seen from him over the last you know half dozen years. Um, I think the biggest impact comes on the power play. Um, their power play uh, goal rate without him over the last you know couple seasons, whenever he's missed time. Goes down a lot uh, when he's not there. Um, Their five-on-five scoring rate that <clears throat> on that top line with Bergeron and DeBrusque, with or without him has been pretty much constant, but it's the power play where he makes a big difference. So um, by our top stacks tool, and I'm going to bring it up here uh, real quick. Our top stacks tool has the Boston top line at 11% top, st- top two stack percentage. Uh, 6.7% ownership. So pretty good leverage over on DraftKings. Less so on FanDuel, um, but still obviously just fine. So I guess it depends how much people want to gamble because this isn't really a a super tough matchup here tonight. Um, You have uh, the Detroit Red Wings in town. Obviously, um, they're missing a couple players of their own, uh, notably Tyler Bertuzzi and Jacob Vrana uh, missing from the top six. One thing I will mention is Detroit doesn't really take a lot of penalties. Um, They're at about three per game, which is bottom 10 uh, in the NHL. uh, And the penalty kill hasn't really been bad uh, so far this year. Um, Like, you know, top 10, uh, top five, actually, by expected goals against and goals allowed per 60 minutes on the PK. So, I I do like Boston one here. It's a good matchup at at all strengths for them. The price is fine. Like if, if comes back and he's closer to himself, 6,400 is the cheapest. We're going to see him all season long, right? Uh, A 6,400 on DraftKings. That is over on FanDuel 6,900, still very reasonable, but if he's back to his normal self, you know, we could see him in the eight K's in a couple weeks time. So, um, you know, with the good leverage and a good matchup, you know, at least a five on five, not necessarily on the PK. I think there is a lot of merit to using either the top Boston lines, uh, whether Boston one or Boston two. Um, you know, the Detroit second line has actually, you know, not been that great so far this year. Like Andrew Cobb's a good two way winger, but or two way center, sorry, but uh, his wingers typically are not. So they're allowing a, a lot of expected goals against. So it is a good matchup for the Boston second line as well. I think either are fine. Um, if you're worried uh, about um, Martian returning and not being quite himself, I think you just go Boston too, you know, past Nack and Krejci. Maybe you can throw in Bergeron to make it a extra power play stack. Uh, Hampus Lindholm, we'll get to the defenseman, but he's uh, very cheap uh, over on DraftKings tonight. So you can add him on the blue line if you want. I do think that Boston top six is in a great spot. Um, either line is fine. Nothing for me on the Detroit side. Uh, you know, we talk about how brutal of a matchup it is going to in Boston. It, it just got worse um, <laughs> by adding Brad Marchand. So uh, out on Detroit, I think Boston one is fine. I would probably just go Boston two if you're a little worried about how Marchand might be in his first game back.
2: Yeah, and I got my run sheet up, so I can I can at least just do a little bit more than look pretty on the screen. But I also feel weird with this angle. I I feel like um, Ricky Bobby. I'm gonna do with my hands, like you got arms, right? <laughs> I kind of, I kind of agree with you. Like, if you're, if you're gonna, if you have multiple lineups tonight, I think you can t- definitely take a chance on marsh and GPPs here. You kind of like, if you're one lineup like myself, I don't know if I want to take that risk to reward on a ten game slate. If this was a shorter slate, yeah, obviously you're not going to get him that cheap if he is back ever again, but. I, I just, you know, double hip surgery. I had one back surgery five years ago. I feel 38 years older. So, like, I, I know he's a professional athlete. and I'm just some schmo who sits in a chair. But it's, it's still, like, double hip surgery is nothing to sneeze at. Cash, I probably, you know, David Posternock's probably still the guy. GPPs, I think you can take some stabs on Boston 1, the more lineups you're making. Uh, Boston 2 is probably the line for me. I, I really like how Kubalik has looked for the – wings on the top line but this is not the matchup like this is we'll save him for another day maybe that line gets absolutely caved and this price comes down but nothing from detroit for me boston the top six is in place just a matter of personal preference and how many lines you're making so moving moving to the blue line sorry were you going to say something no 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 that's it moving to the blue line uh Hampus lindholm notoriously is a not a fan favorite in our discord chat but he is on the top power play unit i think you know grizzly might uh usurp some time there um so i think you can go either of them on the detroit side cedar is all right chronics all right but like i'm not going out of my way to play some Detroit Red Wings defenseman tonight.
1: Yeah, other than Linholm, um, especially for power play stacking on Boston, I don't think that this is a spot where I want to go grab my defenseman. So I'll probably just look elsewhere.
2: Yep, so let's move on to the next game of the night. We have the Montreal Canadiens with a 2.9 total heading into Buffalo. The Sabres have a 3.7 total before my internet went out. Uh, The first thing I noticed about this game was the amount of ownership on Buffalo one. Uh, They are extremely high owned. They're extremely highly projected. Uh, This is a very good power play matchup. I I'll let you talk about their inconsistencies. I would say on the power play. Um, I don't know in on a 10 gamer of like the, I think their highest projected owned for us in the stochastic, projections i just don't know on a 10 game slate if i want to choke the buffalo chalk what do you think
1: yeah um what i was mentioning in our discord is that since the start of last year the buffalo uh, last season um the buffalo top power play unit has roughly the same goals per 60 minutes output as the montreal power play top power play when they when they're using chris weidman it's about 6.6 to 6.8 goals for 60 minutes. That's not good, by the way. That's not even in the top half of the NHL. So I get that Montreal's penalty kill hasn't been very good this year. Um, by expected goals against their 30th in the league, but they also don't take a lot of penalties. They're bottom bottom 10 and penalties taken. Um, and Buffalo's penalty kill isn't anything to write home about either. They're in the bottom 10 by expected goals against as well. So we're looking at a ton of ownership on this bu- Buffalo top line. I'll show the Fanduel ownership real quick. Thirty percent ownership expected on Fanduel um, because of their pricing. Uh, less on DK, but still wildly over on One of our uh, most uh, under leveraged or most leverage—I don't know how which way that goes. Most ownership compared to top two stack percentage uh, on the slate. So. <sighs> Like I don't really have a problem, quote-unquote, with using uh, Buffalo's top line. I think um, one thing I want to mention about Buffalo, and I wrote this at a website where I write about season-long fantasy hockey, is they're not ge- that top line is not generating as much as they did last year. Um, still 2.9 expected goals per 60 minutes, which is fine, but they were at 3.3 last year. They've been worse defensively, and there are more shots going to the defenseman and to Alex Tuck than to Jeff Skinner and Tage Thompson, and I don't think you want Tuck and the defenseman shooting instead of those guys. So, like, you know, last week we talked about that night when Nashville was massive chalk uh, at home, um, it just didn't feel like a good spot for him, and we avoided them. Um, a couple days ago, same thing with Columbus, Columbus at home, massive chalk to Arizona, uh, and we avoided them, uh, you know, kind of two for two so far. Can we go three for three? I don't know, but like. At You know, if if 15 to 20 percent ownership for that Buffalo top line and they don't play heavy minutes like this isn't a line that plays 20 minutes a night. They might play like 17 or 18. And if the depth gets a couple goals early, they might only play like 15 minutes here tonight. So uh, like it is a good spot, quote unquote, for the Buffalo power play. But I don't know how good the Buffalo power play actually is. Rasmus Dolan has both their power play goals on the season. Right. Like no forward has a power play goal. Uh, for Buffalo yet this year. So, like, because of the price, I don't have a real problem using them. It's just they are going to be very highly owned. And I think, you know, single entry or three max or something like that, I think you can avoid them. Once you get into your 20 maxes and your 150s, I think that's when they become more of a consideration. Um, They're also sitting Rasmus Asplund, Buffalo is, who might be their best defensive forward. I have no idea why he's coming, why that guy of all the players, are, are coming out of the lineup. That's going to make their second and third lines quite a bit weaker, uh, particularly the middle middle stat line. And they use those lines against the opposing top line. Uh, and tonight, that obviously means uh, the Caulfield Suzuki and now Mike Hoffman line or uh, Mike Hoffman's on that top line. So Caulfield Hoffman and Suzuki, they're coming in with almost no ownership, under one percent on DraftKings. Um, I think Montreal's top line makes a fine kind of like middling stack um you know they're not super expensive so you can fit in a higher price stack with them uh not getting much ownership um honestly considering the ownership and considering the upside i kind of think i like montreal's top line uh better here i i think both top lines are perfectly fine to use i'm just going by ownership here and if you're going to give me montreal's ownership at less than one percent uh compared to 20 percent for buffalo or thereabouts i think montreal one is probably my my best bet
2: yeah, and listen, Mike Hoffman on the top line, we can debate, but um, the one thing he is very good at is on the power play, and the Sabres penalty kill isn't great either. Montreal's a 2.9 road total, which is large, like, for a road total, so I, I think I prefer Montreal top line to Buffalo just because you're getting a massive ownership discount here. It's not like the Buffalo Sabres are a juggernaut like that line, like Alex Tuck is a very, very nice player, but he should not be taking the majority of shots. Like you said, like that he needs to play make for Skinner who can finish. So yeah, Montreal at no ownership compared to Buffalo at massive ownership. I'm going to go to the Montreal side here. Do I like Hoffman on that top line for five-on-five five purposes? Absolutely not. But this is not a matchup where you have, really have to worry that they're going to get him down defensively. So, yeah, I'm in on both sides. But, you know, the Buffalo ownership is scaring me away in one to three. And, like, Buffalo has a massive total. So if you want to play them, there is nothing wrong with that. But, you know, Boston has a bigger total. Uh, Nashville has a high total. Edmonton, Toronto. Like, there's other teams in just as good spots with a bigger total or just about the same total for lower ownership so i don't think it's a necessity to play the sabers tonight now moving to the blue line if you are playing buffalo 1 i think a way to get unique is jam in 7500 rasmus Dahlin with them because that's just a crazy price and it's crazy enough that if you play buffalo 1 with Dahlin, that might be a unique way to to get buffalo 1 so i think Dahlin's fine in buffalo 1 stacks if you want to get different I don't think you won off them at 7,500 that I'd rather just play Yossi. But, um, yeah, Darlene for me. On the Montreal side, probably Jordan Harris or Kovacevic. But, again, like, Montreal kind of spreads out their ice time with their defensemen.
1: Yeah, they do. Um, I guess on the Buffalo side, like, I think Owen Power is kind of playable at 3,700. Um 4,700 over on FanDuel. He played 24 minutes last game with Matias Samuelson out, so at least he'll play a lot of minutes. Um, you know, I I don't think there's really that many defensemen in this game that I really want to play. Um, Jordan Harris at 3,500s is probably my best bet on the Montreal side, but other than that, I think this is another game where I'm not really grabbing my D-man.
2: Agreed. So let's move on to the next one, which I have interest in on both sides. And there isn't massive ownership. Minnesota wild with a 3.3 total heading into Ottawa. The senators have a 3.2. Um, Yeah. Like, I was kind of surprised that the senators had a lower total than the, than the wild. The wild have been rough defensively. Yeah. Mark Andre Flory had a good game. He made some ridiculous saves the last time he was out and maybe, you know, he's getting more comfortable, but as we talked about on the last show, uh, Minnesota Wild defensively have not been great. Ottawa top line has been very good. The Ottawa second line has been very good. They'll avoid Joel Erickson Eck, who, yeah, is not having a great season, but he's still Joel Erickson Eck. Um, so I'm in on Ottawa here. I like Ottawa one more than I like Ottawa two. I think Alex Debrinkat would be fine as a one off, um, especially with Norris potentially out for the season, which is a big blow for them. Wild side, that top line is where I'm at. I still like Freddie Gaudreau up there. Uh, I think Boldy is fine as well. What are you seeing?
1: Yeah, I think the interesting thing about Ottawa is we were worried about how they would go about their power play units um, with Josh Norris out. Um, They're just leaving DeBrincat on the ice for the full two minutes. (laughs) Um, DeBrincat's playing both power play units now. So um, I think he makes one of the better plays on the slate here tonight. Like the Minnesota penalty kill, Has not been good this year. Um, Bottom 10 by expected goals against uh, per 60 minutes on the season. And uh, tied for 10th, um, I believe, um, in power plays given to the opponent. So, you know, Ottawa could get four power plays here tonight against um, what's not really a great PK for Minnesota. And we're not, like you said, we're not showing much ownership uh, on the sends. Everybody uh, in the top six, at least over on DraftKings, under 5% owned. and that Ottawa top line, Kachuk Stutzla-Batherson, has been very good this year. 3.7 expected goals generated, 4.3 actual goals per 60 minutes at 5-on-5, five five, all on the top power play. Um, you know, I I think I you know, they're going to avoid the Minnesota top line. They're going to get the second and third lines, which haven't been playing well defensively this year. Like, Joel eriksson is good, but... Man, that middle six for other than Matt Boldy, that middle six for Minnesota has just not had a good start to the season. So, um, I really do like the Ottawa top line here. Now, if you want to take off one of Kachuk or Batherson and add the Brinkat because he does play so much on the power play, and the Brinkat's shooting a ton this year too. Um, I noticed uh, his um, shot rate's up like fifty percent from last year. Like the guy's just shooting a ton. So. Um, Ottawa top line or Ottawa power play, I think um, is my favorite in this game. Like Ottawa's sending out that Shane Pinto line against the opposing top line. And that Ottawa third line's actually been pretty good this year. Um, well below average by expected goals allowed, uh, even lower goals allowed because the goaltending has been good. Um, I, I don't have a real problem using the Minnesota top line because the Minnesota top line can absolutely explode on any given night. Um, and we're showing good ownership for them, at least over on FanDuel, where they're fairly expensive. Uh, DK, probably into the double digits, so pretty highly owned. Um, On DraftKings, like considering the ownership, if you're going to ask me for one or the other, it would be the Ottawa top line or Ottawa power play. But I think both top lines are definitely in play here tonight. But I think for Minnesota, it's more so on FanDuel, uh, where they're a little bit more expensive, and that's keeping the ownership uh, way more in check.
2: Yeah, I agree there. I, I do really like DeBrincat tonight. He's been a gravy train. Uh, if you've been in our Discord, we've been betting DeBrincat shot props pretty much every time he's on the slate, and he's been delivering outside of one game, which is nice. He's been shooting the puck, like you mentioned, a ton. Moving to the blue line, I don't think you need to add in Chabot to Ottawa stacks, but I think it does make sense. Like he's, he's had a weird start to the season. I know he had a goal last time. He hasn't really, his peripherals haven't been great, but I think you can add him in. I think you just maybe you just continue running him out there until he runs into a good game. He just never leaves the ice. So there is that. On the Minnesota side, uh, Addison, power play guy, and pretty much everyone else is in play, but it's mostly Spurgeon or um, Addison for me.
1: Yeah, Addison, absolutely, especially if you're playing uh, Minnesota top line. His price has come up a bit. I don't mind Jacob Middleton. This could be a good spot for him, at least on DraftKings, uh, to get some shot blocks in. Nikita Zaitsev is in the lineup for Ottawa tonight. I just don't know how much he's actually going to play. So I think if I'm looking for, like, a sub-3K defenseman on DraftKings from this game, um, it's probably Jake Sanderson where he's still playing reasonable minutes, and he's actually playing fairly well. I think he's a little bit too expensive. Uh, Over on FanDuel, um, still playable. I just think he's a better play over on DK.
2: Yep. As we mentioned at the top, the show is sponsored by BetMGM. And we're back with a new promo. You guys hooked us up with the uh, NHL promo. Now we have an NBA promo. promo, And it's a no-brainer, just like the NHL one. If you bet $10, you win $200 if any team hits a three-pointer. Any team. This is the NBA in 2022. This is not 1973. Everyone's taking threes. Everyone's going to make a three. This offer is available in all states except New York, Pennsylvania, Mississippi, and Ontario. Um, yeah, it must be a pre-game moneyline bet. So if you missed out on the NHL promo, sign up using the link in the description. Bet ten dollars on a pre-game moneyline bet and collect your two hundred. We talked, You're going to twenty extra money immediately. It's going to help us out. It's going to help you guys out. So sign up. You're going to beat the books. Let's move on to the next game of the night. We have the Florida Kitty Cats with a 3.8 total heading into Philadelphia. The Carter Hearts have a 2.8 total. Uh, JVR, James Aaron Reads, like to the IR for the Flyers. It looks like Owen Tippett and Rasmus Ristelainen into the lineup, which if I'm being honest, might make them worse defensively. Um Florida news looks like Matt Kachuk moves up to the top line with Barkov and Verhage, which is a spicy meatball. Um, I do really like the Florida power play here tonight. Carter Hart has been out of his mind to start the season. Do we go back there? Do we load in the Panthers? Florida has the biggest total of the slate. So what are you doing? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Matt Kachuk moving to the top line is uh, pretty interesting here, obviously um, he hadn't really been playing that badly, but with Sam Bennett, but I think they just kind of, you know, they just kind of want a little shakeup here. Um, you know, we talk over and over about how good Barkov and Verhage have been together for years now, basically since Verhage um, got to, um, got to Florida. I can't, you know, I can't imagine Matt going to make that line uh, bad in any relative sense of the term. And, They're going to get that Philly top line uh, in a matchup here tonight. And man, like that Philly top line, they play a lot of minutes and they can score, but they really have not been good defensively three and a half expected goals against per 60 minutes in their ice time together, going back to last season. If you just look at this season, it still hasn't been good. In fact, their expected goals against uh, and actual goals against are even worse. So, this is a really good matchup for the Florida top line. They're just also coming in with a lot of ownership. We have them in the double digits over on DraftKings, a little bit lower on FanDuel um where, you know, they're really expensive, but um it's still a pretty good matchup uh for um this Florida for this Florida team like the Their power play has kind of been struggling a little bit um, to start this year. And I think it it appears one thing they're going to do is maybe uh, put Anton Lundell on the top power play in the place of Sam Bennett. I think that could help them a little bit. I'm not sure Sam Bennett's really a great power play guy. He typically hasn't been for his career, even when uh, he kind of kind of turned things around uh, in uh, Florida so I don't really mind uh, going to Florida here. Like they, they're leading the NHL in power play opportunities to, per game. They might get four or five. Yes, Carter Hart has been out of his mind to start the season. I was looking at Natural Stat Trick, and uh, Carter Hart has saved 35 shots uh, in the high danger areas so far this season. All 35 that he's faced, uh, in fact. Um, typically, goalies, elite goalies, will allow 15 percent of those shots. Um, Leslie goalies somewhere around 18 to 20 percent uh, he's been around 18 uh, percent for most of his career so like you know there are definitely some goal there's some hd goal regression coming uh seems like florida's definitely in a spot to do it it's just a matter of of, of high ownership uh over on dk I, like i said i don't have problem using Barkov, Kachak, and verhage in fact they're cheap enough where you can still get in a decent stack. And like, if this line really starts taking off, they're going to go from an 18,400 stack on DraftKings to like a 21,000 stack. Like this is a a line that could get very expensive, very fast. So I do like Florida one here. I don't like Florida two as much. Um, The price is decent, uh, but the two Sams haven't really played all that well together. Reinhardt uh, and Bennett in their minutes going back to last season. I know it's the flyers, but um, I think I would rather just go to the Florida top line here. Um, don't mind the Philly top line, you know, kind of in a nutshell, because they do play a lot of minutes. Um, but they're right around the same price as the Montreal top line, and I think I'd rather play Montreal tonight. So more than anything, it's the Florida top line that I like here in this game. If you want to get some additional power play um, stacking, take off for Hagee, uh, put in Sam Reinhart instead, um, hoping that Florida can draw, draw like five power plays here tonight.
2: Yeah, I agree with the, the premonition of Montreal 1 over Philly 1. If you are mme I think you can have Philly 1 in your mix. It's yeah. not the best matchup, but I think, you know, they're on the ice for a third of the game. So they should be in your mix. I do really like Florida 1. Just a matter of...
0: Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan But you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more.
2: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
2: Oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes
0: chumbacasino.com
2: what you want to do with them if this was last year i'd just say straight up power play stack but because Philly hasn't been great defensively. Carter Hart's just been bailing him out. I think you can go full far to one here. You can go far to two if you prefer. Um, or you can power play stack. I think all options are fine for the Panthers. Moving to the blue line, on the flyer side, I, I don't know if there's really going to be anybody that I, I want to. Am, am I going out of the way to play in my one to three lineups? Probably not. On the Panthers side, Forsling, Montour, they're expensive. Good ass. It's, you know, if something fits in for you, otherwise I'm not really going out of my way to play defense in this game.
1: Yeah. I mean, Montour on FanDuel, I think is pretty much an auto lock at 4,500. On DK, it's a bit more of an open question, but I think he played like 28 minutes or something like that last game. Like he's been averaging over 25 minutes a game over his last three games, which is, you know, him running the top power play unit and all that. So I think Montour is just fine. Um, You know, on either site tonight, but particularly on FanDuel, where his price really hasn't come up. Tony D'Angelo, I think, makes kind of an interesting option. Like, he's so expensive where it's probably stupid to use him. Uh, But Florida's also giving up a ton of power plays on the season. If I'm not mistaken, they're uh, third or fourth in power plays given up to the opposition. So, you know, D'Angelo could get like four or five looks on the power play here tonight. Stupid expensive. Uh, Over on DK, um, much more palatable at 6,300 over on FanDuel.
2: Yeah, he's kind of in that Darlene bracket where it's just like, why? But it kind of makes sense in GPPs. Moving on to the next game, we have the St. Louis Blues with a 2.9 total heading into Nashville. The Predators have a 3.6. Blues played last night. They lost 3-1 to the Oilers. Nashville mixing up their top lines, and this might be a hot take. And I can't see the chat, so if I'm getting flamed, just let me know. I kind of like the top line here with Rijo up there instead of Gremlin. Now let me explain because Gremlins not a center at this point in his career. I think he's more suited for the wing. So that that second line of Rider. I forget the center. <laughs> it's um, uh, Cody Glass. It? Niederreiter, Cody Glass, and. Mark uh, and Granlin actually does interest me in that top line with Forsberg, Johansson, Duchesne interests me more than it would with Granlin there. I just think for like, yeah, I'm not a huge uh Rigio guy, but he can at least sustain himself as a center. So I, I, I kind of am interested to see how they do because the national top line when Granlin was there has been pretty rough. So blues have a back to back, Predators, like, I, I think that top line's in play for me. I just, like, am I going to put in Raicho there? I, I don't know. What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I do like the Nashville top line here tonight for uh, a few reasons. One, as you mentioned, like, they actually played well with them. Uh, two Nearly 250 minutes together going back to last year, 2.6 expected goals generated, uh, well above average, 3.9 actual goals generated uh Johansson only 3k uh over on DraftKings so you know a pretty cheap price for a uh, a center including your power play 1 uh, you know he's on power play 1 as well um we don't know what St. Louis is going to do with their lines last night they put Brayden Shen to the top line and moved Jordan Cairo down with uh, Robert Thomas and Vladimir Tarasenko now Ryan O'Reilly and Braden Shen don't really have good numbers together, uh, particularly because Shen's defense has kind of fallen off over the last couple seasons. In 125 minutes together, uh, O'Reilly and Shen allowing 3.0 expected goals against and 3.9 actual goals against. And this is a back-to-back uh, on the road for St. Louis, so um, I kind of like that Nashville top line here tonight. As uh, you know. Say what you will about Jordan Bennington. I think he's a better goalie than Thomas Grice at this point. Um, I you know, Nashville's top line really not coming in uh with much ownership. Our top stacks tool has them about five percent, which is about right around their top two stack percentage. Um, they're cheap, they're fairly cheap, especially if you use Johansson. So um, you know, you don't have to, you, you know, skimp anywhere else. You can go with a top stack while still using uh that Nashville top line. Like um, the only concern is that St. Louis isn't taking penalties, um, lowest in the league on the season and power plays given up to the opposition. That is a concern, and that's probably one reason why um, the you know overall top line projection is somewhat muted. Um, but we have them coming in at nearly 35 DK points uh, between the three of them. For comparison's sake, that's higher than um, the Ottawa top line that we talked about earlier. Um, It's much higher than the Montreal top line we talked about earlier. It's nearly in line with the Boston second line. Like, I I, I do like this Nashville top line here tonight. I think it's a good matchup against the back-to-back St. Louis Blues without much ownership. Um, You know, you can three-man stack them. I think you can go two-man if you just want to use uh, Johansson plus one of the expensive wingers. Um, Whatever you want to do here, I think Nashville one is perfectly in play. Interestingly enough, I think St. Louis too, provided that Jordan Cairo uh, is on that line, really kind of interests me. Because um, Thomas and Tarasenko struggle without Pavel Bucnevich there. Um, But Jordan Cairo can kind of at least bring offensively what Bucnevich does, maybe even a little bit more. And going back to last year with 160 minutes in their sample together, 2.9 expected goals generated, 4.2 actual goals generated. Uh, per 60 minutes and they all ended up playing on the same power play last night as well and Nashville is a team uh, that does uh, typically takes a, a fair amount of penalties they're tied for ninth in the NHL this season so I think that Thomas Tarasenko Kairou line would be good we just don't know if Kairou is going to be on that line until warm-ups hit because St. Louis is on a back-to-back so if you want to use them you'll have to have some swaps ready um, in case something changes but I think uh, Thomas Terrasenko Cairo makes uh kind of a nice contrarian stack going into Nashville here tonight but it's Nashville one I like the most
2: yeah and like we always talk about Nashville when they're massive chalk like why why play them when they haven't been good this is a new center they're getting low ownership they're in a high total playing a team back to back on the road with their backup goalie in there without you know Bucinevich and So, yeah, I'm in on Nashville. One will they get into my lineup? To be determined, but they're definitely in play to me. So let's move on to the blue line. Yossi's always in play. He's, you know, Yossi. So, yeah, on the St. Louis side, I guess Justin Falk is fine. But other than that, like, I'm not really looking at defensemen in this game.
1: Yeah, we have Yossi as a fairly decent value here tonight, um, but that also uh, comes with ownership. We have him at, like, uh, 20% ownership uh, over on DraftKings here tonight. Um, you know, I think that's fine uh, for what he can bring, but it's pretty high for a 10 game slate. Um, he'll probably be about the same on FanDuel. It, you know, no problem using him. Just, you know, expect a lot of ownership. Um, that's probably it for me. Um, I think Colton Pareco, 3,600 on FanDuel, is passable. Um, but I think other than Yossi, the um, there's really no one else that's super interesting uh, to me in this
2: game. Agreed. So let's move on to the next one. We have Edmonton with a 3.7 total heading into Chicago. The Blackhawks have a 2.8 total. Edmonton's on a back to back on the road. They they went 11 7 last night. So, you know, that means McDavid and, and Dryside will play half the game pretty much, uh, which kind of happened. Chicago's top line getting a ton of ownership here again, which is probably indicative of a price and they actually scored a goal five on five. So maybe that's why too. That being said, Edmonton back to back on the road, normally a spot where I would fade, but this is a very, very good matchup. So I think I do have some interest in the Oilers tonight. What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like that's Chicago. Well, we'll start with the Chicago top line in that ownership. Cause it, it actually is pretty absurd. Our first top stacks run has uh, the Chicago top line of Kane, Athanasiu, and Domi coming in over 20% owned, um, over 15% owned over on DraftKings. Like, it's obviously, it's a pricing thing, plus the ice time that they get, et cetera, et cetera. Um, They just haven't been good. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, 2.4 expected goals for 3.2 against per 60 minutes this year. Um, They've scored one goal at five on five. Um, Athanasiu's shot rate has plummeted from where it typically is. Uh, I'd expect that to rebound, but Chicago's Also, not just generating much offense. Like, yes, they do look a lot better defensively than we expected, but they're not generating anything um, offensively. Uh, Tyler Johnson being out for Chicago is, also shakes up um, the lines uh, a little bit. Uh, notably, Juju Hakaira jumping up to the second line for the Blackhawks. Um, Jonathan Taves jumping to the top power power play unit. Uh, for the Blackhawks so that second line still getting a couple power play guys on it um honestly I think this is the bad chalk spot of the night right um you know it was Columbus a couple nights ago it was Nashville on the weekend I think tonight it's Chicago one at home like man if I get burned by you know 20 percent uh Max Domi or whatever it is then I get burned by 20 percent Max Domi like I'll, I'll, I'll just take the paint and you know I'll go to bed and wake up tomorrow and look forward to another slate um, they're coming in with you know, a fine projection. I should also mention um, on both sites, whether you're on DraftKings, whether you're on FanDuel, um, over on DK, just under 35 points, which again, is pretty much in line with the Nashville top line we just talked about. It's just the ownership is just completely insane. So um, it is a pricing thing because they are very cheap. I just don't want to play a Chicago top line that's generating very little offense this year. Um, at super high ownership. Um, I think for me, I'm out on the Chicago Fords. I'd be more in on the Edmonton side. I agree with you. Coming in with uh, single-digit ownership pretty much across the board, except for Connor McDavid. Um, the McDavid-Nugent uh, Hopkins-Hyman uh, line uh, looks fine to me. I think it would be the second line I'd go to with Kane and Dreisaitl and Yamamoto uh, getting you know first and second line matches from Chicago, which is actually kind of what you want uh, in this matchup here tonight. So it'd be back to Edmonton too. Edmonton power play. I think is just fine to use Uh, again. um, You know, Edmonton or Chicago, sorry, uh, is taking a lot of penalties on the season. They're tied for second, most power play opportunities given to the opposition. And if they give up four or five power plays to the Oilers tonight, it could be a bad night for them. So if you want to play Chicago, go ahead. I just think they have too much ownership for me, um, you know, in, in a three max or something like that. So, I'd be much more interested on the Edmonton side, you know, even regarding price.
2: Yeah, and if the Leafs weren't a late hammer in San Jose tonight, which we'll get to later, I think we'd be talking about Edmonton as one of the more chalkier options of the night. But because they are back to back on the road, their ownership is down. I am definitely interested in the Edmonton side. Like Chicago, like like you said, if if twenty percent Max Domi beats me, I'll tip my cap and say, "Good for you." And, and you know, re- register for tomorrow Yeah, uh, on the blue. line, actually, you know, I think Seth Jones makes some sense here. Uh, Edmonton, not the best defensively. And, you know, he does play big minutes. If anything on Chicago side, would be Seth Jones on the Edmonton side. If they do go 11, seven, it's just nurse or bust.
1: Yeah. I wrote up Seth Jones in the power Place article that you can read over at stochastic.com free to read for anybody that wants to check because Um, The Oilers do have a bad penalty kill, and I think that's the way that Chicago ends up scoring a few goals here tonight is if the power play can go off. So uh, Seth Jones, uh, particularly, I think he's 5,200 over on FanDuel. I think, you know, especially on FanDuel, he makes a lot of sense here tonight running the top power play for Chicago. Definitely passable on DK, but I think um, he's a much better value over on FanDuel.
2: For sure. Let's move on to the next one. We have the Washington Capitals with a 2.9 total heading into Dallas. The Stars have a 3.1. Dennis Arianoff back into the top six will it last to the second period. No one knows. Um, Washington's lines are still uninspiring. I think I don't have too much interest in the Capitals tonight. If anything, it's going to be power play stacking, but I, I just like Washington's one of those teams that I generally just fade anyway. If they beat me, they beat me uh, in my one lineup. Uh, Dallas, I do have some interest in that top line. Washington's, penalty kill has not been great. They're fully correlated on the power play. So if anything Dallas won for me, what are you thinking? Uh, On the Washington
1: side, I think this is a one-off game for me, like one-off Alex Ovechkin, one-off TJ Oshie, one-off John Carlson, something like that. Cause Dallas is at home and Jake Ottinger is in net and, you know, they've been pretty good this year and he's been excellent. Um, It's just that Dallas does take a ton of penalties. Um, The pro, you know, um, while Washington has struggled at times on the power play. Um, I think that Dylan Strom's kind of helped out a little bit in this regard. Um, I just worry against Ottinger does he allow enough to get three or four Washington skaters to you know GPP winning value? You know what I mean? So, I think for me on the Washington side, I, one off Ovechkin's fine, one off TJ Oshie's fine, one off John Carlson, like those types of things. I think that's where I go on the Dallas side. I do like the top line. Um, they're not coming in with much ownership. Again, the problem is, is that they just don't play a lot. Um, they might only play 16 minutes, maybe even less. We've seen him play 13 to 14 minutes. Although I think that was the game. Joe Pavelski had a hat trick. So I think uh, DFS owners uh, certainly would have taken that one, um, but it's a Washington penalty kill. That's the problem. Washington doesn't take a ton of penalties, but they're uh, bottom six by both expected goals and actual goals allowed on the season. So, I do like the Dallas top line for that power play stacking. I think, you know, if you're going to leave somebody off, it'd be Jason Robertson. He's the most expensive. And um, you want Joe Pavelski for those power play goals. He's typically one of the best power play goal scorers in the league. So um, Dallas one, I like. Dallas two with Gurian off there is just a pass for me. Um, if you want a two-man Sagan and Marchman, I think that's fine. But uh, it's really more uh, Dallas power play. Uh, that I have interest in, especially where Niels Lundqvist is so cheap on the blue line. Um, he was running the top power play with Haskin and out. So, um, you know, you can throw in Lundqvist and actually make it a fairly cheap stack. Uh, so one-offs on Washington from the top power play and top power play guys from Dallas as well.
2: Yep, and well, let's get to that blue line. Haskin still out, and so Nils Lundqvist definitely in play as the power play quarterback. I think Esselindell sees a minute bump. Like, all the other guys see a minute bump, but I think it's Lundqvist for me. On the Washington side, it's probably just Carlson or Orlov. Yeah,
1: Lundqvist or Lindell, um, especially where they're both 4K or less on FanDuel um, and under 4K on DraftKings. Like, they're both in pretty good spots here tonight. If you want to go to Orlov, like, I think that's fine, especially where he's playing on the top pair. Um, I think he makes a little bit more sense um, on FanDuel because he's not a massive peripheral guy. Um, But, yeah,
2: that's about it for me. Don't forget to get your free $200 at MGM. Sign up using the link in the description. Use the link in the description. That's the most important part. And get that free money from sportsbooks. Got to be a uh, money line before the game bet. (sighs) I just butchered that. But use the link in the description. We have three games left, about 10 minutes to get through them. We found our festival of the night. The Vancouver Canucks, the 3.1 total, heading into Seattle. The Kraken have a 3.4 total. This is a this game's a mess. Both teams are like I want to like Seattle as a team. They just they're I don't know what's going on with their goaltending. I do like Seattle uh, lines tonight. Vancouver for as bad as you know Seattle's been, Vancouver's been absolutely atrocious. Quinn Hughes still on the IR. I have interest in Seattle tonight. Vancouver, who knows what they're going to do with their lines. I didn't see Skate before we got on the air. Maybe they have a usable line with Pedersen, but I'll let you talk about that. I have some interest on the Seattle side.
1: Yeah, um, Vancouver did run new lines recently. They moved Bo Horvat and JT Miller um, with Connor Garland to the top line. Um, Kuzmenko and Mikheyev are going to be on the second line with Elias Pedersen. Now, I want to start with the Miller-Horvat line. They haven't played a ton together since Bruce Boudreau took over, but in their 60 minutes since the start of calendar 2022, 1.3 expected goals generated, 3.2 against. Like JT Miller's just, him and Horvat just haven't really looked great defensively to start this season. And they didn't play well together last year. Um, That's a pretty good matchup for the Burakovsky line, um, which should see a fair amount of the Horvat Miller line here tonight. Burkowski, Wenberg and Bjorkstrand from the Seattle side. Problem is, is those guys look to be coming in with reasonable ownership, at least on a uh, DK here tonight. Um, see that Bjorkstrand, Burkowski line coming in around 6% owned, which I think is pretty high, but at their prices, I don't think it's really a huge problem. Um, you know, obviously you leave off somebody; it's Alex Wenberg because he does—he's not a shooter. Uh, you can just use Bjorkstrand and Burakovsky, or just one off one of them. Like I think, if you're worried about stacking in that, you know, they might not get enough ice time, you know, to really get there as a top two in GPPs. Just one off Bjorkstrand or one off Burakovsky or something like that. I think that's perfectly acceptable, and what's a pretty good matchup against Vancouver. One. Now the Vancouver second line with Pedersen, Mikheyev, and Kuzmenko is really interesting to me Uh, for this reason is that Pedersen and Kuzmenko have been really, really good together this year. Nearly five expected goals generated uh, per 60 minutes in their ice time together. They've just been outstanding. Um, They've had a little bit of trouble finishing, sorry, just like I had trouble finishing that sentence. Um, But they are generating a lot. And as we saw at the New Jersey Devils a couple nights ago, if you keep generating a lot night in and night out, eventually you're going to break through. the problem is, is they're going to get the Yanni Gore-Jerry McCann matchup, and that can be a little bit tough. But if anything on the Vancouver side, it'd be uh, Pedersen and Kuzmenko um, going into Seattle, where that goaltending has really just been a horror show pretty much all season. And it's Party Marty Jones uh, again here tonight. Um, I think the bennear schwartz Everly line is perfectly fine to use uh, for Seattle. They'll take a lot of third and fourth line matchups against Vancouver. Um they're coming out with a little bit of ownership as well, but I think they're perfectly acceptable. Um, and they're just coming in with um, a little bit uh, more expensive, depending who you use. You know, if you leave off Wenberg, it's it's a pretty expensive duo, not pretty expensive, relatively expensive duo for Bjorkstrand and Burkowski. So I like both of the Seattle top lines. I'll go to Bjorkstrand and Burkowski because I think those are the two best offensive options on the team. Um, on the Vancouver side, it would be Pedersen and Kuzmenko. For me, um, I just think it's kind of a tough matchup, and their power play hasn't really looked that good this year. So I'm just hoping Seattle's goaltending can at least hold them to like three here tonight.
2: Yeah, on the Seattle side, I'm not a big full stacker of Seattle. So I think with that Burakovsky-Bjorkstrand line, I like what you you said, one off Bjorkstrand or one off Burakovsky. With the Beniers line, I think you can take two go like maddie Beniers with McCann or Matty Beniers with Everleigh, and you go about your day there on the Vancouver side. I agree that second line with Mikheyev is interesting. It's not, you know, Curtis Lazar, uh, Mikheyev can hold the zone on both ends of the ice. So I think of anything on the Vancouver side, it is that second line. Um, I don't really like stacking lines against good defensive teams with bad goalies. If that makes sense, I'd rather it be the opposite, like bad defensively with a good goalie. Just not an elite one, but like I think you can get away with using that Vancouver second line tonight. They do have a 3.1 row total, which outside of the big guns is the highest on the slate. Moving to the blue line, I like Vinny Dunn on the Seattle side. On the Vancouver side, Tyler Myers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess Ekman Larson is going
1: to play a ton of minutes. Whether he actually does anything useful with them remains to be seen, but you know, mid force price on both sites. I think it's fine for what should be like a 24 minute night from them. But I think it's Vinny Dunn. I agree. Vinny Dunn on either site. um, Adam Larson on DK, I think is playable as well.
2: Yep. Let's move on to the uh, next one. We have the Winnipeg Jets, the 2.8 total heading into Los Angeles. The Kings have a 3.2. Like the Jets with a, not the best road total. They don't have the best. (laughs) lines with Appleton up there I think if anything on the Winnipeg side it's power play stack or bust on the Kings side I really like that top line uh this is a good matchup Winnipeg also struggles on penalty kill um if you want to go into that second line if Arvidsson's in I think that makes some sense he was sick last game just be aware that he might be questionable what are you seeing
1: yeah well what I'm seeing is a ton of ownership on the Kings top six uh over on DraftKings we have 15% on the top line, about seven to eight percent on the second line. Over on Fanduel, still showing eleven percent, where they're a little bit more expensive for the top line, nine percent for the second line. That's a ton of ownership, uh, I get, you know, for a team that really has looked iffy um, offensively so far this year. Now, obviously, it's a pricing thing. Um, you know, that Los Angeles top line, at least over on DraftKings, just over fourteen K. If, we, if they had performed as we'd expected them to, they might be an eighteen dollars or $19,000 line, right? So that's why they're getting so much ownership. Um, I don't have a real problem playing them because Winnipeg's penalty kill is very bad, and it's been bad for years now. It's just they get bailed out by Connor Hellebuck. Um, so we're running into that New York Islanders problem, and you know, oddly enough, the Islanders got a shutout last night where the team doesn't really look great defensively, but they have an elite goalie behind them. And that can ruin a lot of nights. So I don't have any problems playing the Fiala-Kempi-Kobitar line just because of how cheap they are. Um, What really bothers me is, well, two things. One, the ownership. And two, Kevin Fiala is not shooting. He is not shooting whatsoever. Um, I think he's last on the Kings in shot rate per 60 minutes. It's just, I don't know what's going on. But he's got to start shooting a lot more before I feel really comfortable playing them, you know, in single entry, especially where they're coming in at double their top two percentage by our top stacks measure. So I actually like the Winnipeg side uh, more here tonight. Uh, the Winnipeg top line, you know, I don't want Mason Appleton. Uh, but, you know, you got to take what you can get. But at least Shifley and Connor coming in with low ownership. Uh, we're showing them at 2% uh, over on DraftKings, over on FanDuel only at about 5 to 6% um the kings are, are taking a ton of penalties they're tied with the blackhawks for the second most uh in the league on the season um and you know they're gonna see a fair bit of the top six from the kings which hasn't been very good defensively this year the best defensive lines for the king have been the third and fourth lines haven't been the first and the second so i like connor and shifley here tonight actually especially over on DraftKings where we're getting positive leverage on them so don't, if you want to play Kings one or Kings two, go ahead. But you're just running into that Chicago problem again. Um, for me, it's Winnipeg one that I actually like the most here.
2: Fair enough. Let's get to that last game before we have to get out of here it's an important one Toronto Maple Leafs with a 3.8 total heading into San Jose the Sharks have a 2.7 late hammer Leafs uh could be a thing they've been awful this to start the season but eventually they're going to bust out so will, the one thing I will say well well first of all inhale that copium Leafs fans the one, the other thing I will say is the Sharks have a very good penalty kill so if I'm going to do anything on the Leaf sides it's just full stack some lines what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, um, I'm worried about Alex Kerfoot on the top line for Toronto. Like, he's a decent playmaker, but, you know, we talked all the time how he hurt that second line last year. I don't know how he – I get they're trying to get the top line going. They need to try different stuff with Matthews' one goal in seven games, but I'm not sure Alex Kerfoot's the answer. This might actually be a night where I would just two-man Matthews and Marner or just even one-off Austin Matthews. Um, San Jose's been pretty bad defensively. Um, whether it's the top line, whether it's the second line, I don't think they're going to be very good. So um, I think one off, one off Matthews or a two man um, Matthews Marner is what I like the best. Uh, don't mind one offing Timo Meyer here tonight uh, on the San Jose side for DraftKings either. He's been shooting a ton, still zero goals. Eventually, that's got to break. Hopefully, the Leafs goaltending is the recipe for him. So one off uh, Meyer, uh, one off Matthews, maybe Matthews and Marner uh, if you want to pay up a bit.
2: Yep. And coming up after us, there is NFL tonight. There's NBA tonight. So check the schedule. There are shows coming up up until lock. Um who you like in uh, in net tonight? Um
1: over on FanDuel, it's might be Jack Campbell, Connor Hellebuck, and you know, um Marc Andre Fleury's price hasn't come up yet. It's still sixty six hundred. I think that's playable. Uh on DK, uh UC Saros, I think Hellebuck is fine again. Uh Carter Hart, if you really want to dance with the devil.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I have goalie prices up in front of me, so I don't want to say anything silly. But uh, my hat trick pick real quick before we get out of here is going to be Alex the Brinkat.
1: Oh, man. I actually had Alex the Brinkat as well. So uh, I'll change it up a little bit. Nashville gets out of their funk here tonight. Phil uh, the Thrill Forsberg uh, Patty pick.
2: Fuck on that, hot. Anyway,
0: <laughs> for us,
2: Slim Cliffy. I'm your host, Josh Harris. We will be back tomorrow with a six-game slate. Hopefully my internet will be back so you don't have to look at my sexy arms. See you then. Good luck, everybody. Good luck, everyone.